Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome back to the podcast. Back at it. Season 2, Episode 4 of The Boys with Zerb. Quick VLB side recap. Whoa. Boys. That was a great episode. Oh yeah, that episode had it all. I mean, it, it, was, it was slow at the right spots, and then it kicked up a notch at the right spots. But overall, like just how it ended... I'm like Dude, still reeling. I, I, I was making notes in my my phone, and I've got that. It just says "dark fucking ending." It was my last note. Well, where should we start? Where where should we start? Well, I don't think we want to go blow by blow recap. So, I mean, I think the first thing that like matters that is happening is first of all, we've got Butcher is going after his wife. Mm-hmm. Um. He's going off on his own, just saying, screw everybody else. I don't care about you anymore. This is all I care about. Um, MM and Huey are going on a road trip to North Carolina to find out about some old superhero. And Starlight ends up joining them. And then we're also uh, on a little, we got a little Homelander storyline going too, which is the, as usual, most interesting part of this episode. Yeah, so... It's a good point where everyone's kind of separated on this episode. It was usually it's like a team up versus a team up, but this one, it was very much like everyone goes their own path and everyone's kind of doing their own thing. And so, yeah, let's, let's start of those. Let's just tackle each compartmentalized story. So first and foremost, butcher goes to find his wife. Yeah. Let's save Homelander because I feel like that's going to be the big discussion. Uh, Yeah. So the thing with that one really like i kind of said before is that he's just like look i'm i'm out and he's thinking he can just go grab her and maybe the kid and just disappear and he's not going to disappear back with his current crew and keep fighting against Vought. he's just going to fuck off and leave everyone behind which is both understandable but is also like the selfish thing about him that everyone it's kind of on the undercurrent all the time where people don't trust him and stuff. Can you even imagine if you literally thought your wife was raped and murdered and then you didn't see her for, what is it, like seven years? I think it's more, yeah. And, and then you see her again? How wild would that be? Like how... Pretty, pretty charged I, moment. I don't... he gets to do just like laying in the back of a car <laughs> creepily yeah um so he goes and, and finds her because uh she's been like cast out in this weird like no man's land because homelander raped her and she has a child with him and so she's just been raising that kid there by himself by herself and uh yeah wild though they they tossed some bags in that subaru and um it was like just a real steamy situation on that bridge and that fucking subaru outback yeah most straight action anyone's ever gotten in a Subaru. Yeah, that's probably an accurate statement. So yeah, he goes and does that. And then they had some weird thing at the end where it was like, 
he wanted her to like just bounce with him and leave the kid because it was like, yeah, fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah, he, he, and this is pretty dark, he was just going to like try to get them both to leave and then he was going to try to find a way to ditch the kid. I, I don't think he was going to try to kill the kid. He was just going to try to be like, let Vought get the kid back. Yeah. Because um, he's like, they're never going to stop chasing him, but they'll stop chasing us. Right. And yeah, that was definitely dark. But what I, my biggest thing for this episode and connecting back to the storyline in general is that I feel like it's been kind of a open question until this episode, whether or not Homelander raped Becca or if it was consensual or like what exactly happened because I mean, Butcher had been told it was a rape, but he'd also been told that she'd been, that he killed her. Um, like he thought she was dead. So all he had seen was this video of her going into Homelander's like office and then three hours later coming out all disheveled clearly having been banged and looking like super fucked up about it but you couldn't tell from the way the it was like cut was she all screwed up because she had just made a gigantic mistake and she done her husband was that why she was all like looking nervous and shit or had she just been raped by a fucking immortal superhero I so, always assumed it was rape. I, I don't know. I never, I always just, I assumed. had this just with kind of the dark nature of the show. I, I mean, I felt like either one were in play where it's like, it'd be a pretty, I, I was half expecting in the end of like that, when they were talking to each other, when Becca was telling Butcher, like, look, I, I was never going to be able to save you. Like you put me on too much of a pedestal. I thought she was about to say, you put me on too much of a pedestal. Like I, I had a moment of weakness and I cheated on you. Yeah. Yeah, um, like I was, I was, I was like sixty percent expecting that to happen. Um, and so, but I was obviously, this <laughs> is such a weird thing to say, but it was like in that moment you're like, oh, thank God he raped her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's just the bad guy being the bad guy. That's all we have to worry about here. Like Becca and Butcher can still be cool with each other. Well, again, it's like the evil you know versus the complex right. emotions and the uncertainty of yeah. the unknown. Like, if, if we already wasn't. we already know that he's capable of rape and murder and everything, so like that what that wasn't that was what was assumed. The other thing would have actually been the surprise if if right. she did. Yeah, so, yeah. That that was the to me that was almost like a big reveal. Like, no, for sure, it was rape. Yeah, so I think she did the right thing by like not going with him because she's like, I'm not just gonna leave my fucking son, guy. So yeah, there needs to be a better plan if we're gonna do this. I think that would be the the general yeah. message. Yeah, and we're only four episodes in, so I think we assumed that he wasn't just gonna like <laughs> stroll yeah. in and uh, climb the fence and then just get her to go with him. So right in the back of the garbage sense. truck or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Starlight. The compartmentalized story with Starlight, Huey, and MM is they are going to. There was something going on with a '70s superhero. I I understand the way it all connected and ended, but I I was wondering the whole time, like what? Why do they have to go find this '70s superhero, uh, Liberty, who's probably like, you know, now she's got to be like in her '60s or mm-hmm. '50s or whatever. But there was a storyline that they needed to go like get information from her. And it might be like concerning taking down the soups or something. Right. Yeah. And it was totally, totally an open-ended mission, which is what, it, whatever. They, they needed to save the twist. But yeah, the, that one for me also kind of connected back to wider story of like 
So does that mean Homelander's super old, or is he not like an OG superhero? Did you catch like were you thinking about that while you're watching it? I don't remember what year this all started. Well, it, like, I mean, they definitely said that this the per, this Liberty person that they're looking for was a superhero in the seventies. I know. So, so if that if that's the case, if there are superheroes in the seventies, then either Homelander's been a superhero for forty. 50 years or he is like he's not part of the original og group of superheroes i feel like that part of the story is not, like the backstory is still pretty foggy in that way it's foggy for sure and and i don't know if there's some superhero magic happening too with just like the way he ages so like for right. every 10 years that normal people ages he only right. ages like two so which side are you on like right now or was in your head is he actually way older than he looks or was he not an OG superhero? I think he's still an OG. There's some weird magic with how he ages. That's and... where I'm at too. I feel like he must be actually like like 80 years old, but he looks like he's in his late 30s. Could be, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked about that. But before we get into the whole uh, 70s superhero, this Liberty Girl, and why that storyline was important, we should just discuss the sexual tension happening between Huey and Starlight. It was palpable. Yeah. So to get into that, Starlight goes on the road trip because she's just living in constant fear of Homelander who almost murders her on an elevator. So she's just like needs to fuck off out of New York for a while. And so that's why she goes with them. Gets a um, dick. Yeah. And so that's kind of what they're, they're like officially reconnecting over is that they're both just like super scared all the time and not sleeping and stressed and all this stuff. And clearly... They, they are neither of them are like ever happy except for when they're together. So that's the, the, the will they won't they tension is just through the roof and then they do bang it out. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They bang it out. I, I, I had no doubt. I mean, I was super pissed at Huey, like when he was in that tunnel and uh, before, like she went on the road trip with him and I was like, dude, like cool bounce, but like at least give her a kiss. Like she was just standing there looking like the perfect girl next door of all time. And he did not kiss her. And I was like super frustrated. And then, yeah, then they went on the trip and I'm like, Oh, clearly like they're vibing in the car, singing that song together. Right. Yeah. They're clearly going to fuck it up. tonight. You got to wonder how long can they keep doing the, will they, won't they on again off again? Cause it's, it's pretty clearly like the Jim and Pam of the, of the boys. They're good. They need to be together. It's pretty clear. I know it's always such a delicate line that you have to toe because this is all shows. This is especially yeah. true, true in all the teen drama shows. Like right. at a certain point, they do just have to get together or it's the most fucked out relationship of all time. Yeah. And just starts to annoy the shit out of viewers. Like, yeah. And so eventually they have to me back and forth forever. <laughs> right. I will say that was kind of like the nice thing about One Tree Hill when, and we just talked about this on the OC pod, but in One Tree Hill, when they ended season four and went off to college, they fast forwarded four. five yeah. years in, in just the span of in between seasons four and five. So like they all came back post-college and it, it gave it like the perfect jolt that the show needed in the middle of its run of just like, all right, all that stale, will they, won't they? It doesn't matter anymore because now we got we've workplace like drama and like yeah. yeah right 
So yeah, maybe at some point if the boys ever get that. But yeah, so they bang it out. Uh, I think that made all the sense in the world. So we got two bags in this episode, one in a Subaru, one in a shitty motel. Okay, the the storyline... Yeah, I'm, take, I'm taking the shitty motel there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Over the Subaru. You're right. Um, the storyline with the 70s soup, though, and why they all went to get the information. This was a, what should we say, a super surprise? Big, I did yeah, not see that coming. Big twist. Yeah, big twist. Turns out, the 70s superhero who's older than Homelander, we think, and and they were trying to get some information from, the lady slams the newspaper down on the ground when she's telling them, like, who it is, and it's a picture of fucking Stormfront. Dun-dun-dun. The chick that just killed Kamiko's brother, the new, like, yeah. soup, super badass who's, like, coming in to steal uh, Homelander's thunder. But revealed herself to be a huge racist right before she killed Kamiko's brother and a just total sociopath who killed like 59 innocent people on en route to that. And then the this we had just found out that this Liberty character was a gigantic racist uh, who murdered a black guy. Oh, yeah. I didn't even connect that race. Those racism yeah. dots. Right. Right before we find out that Liberty was Stormfront. So yeah. I think that that is the defining characteristic of that character other than that she's uh she is trying to like subtly take over the seven yeah no totally makes sense too because if she grew up like in the 60s it makes a lot more sense how you grow up being a racist in the 60s versus her being like 20 years old in 2020 and just for some reason being weirdly overly racist right yeah no, it, it is going to connect i think all that way that she's right um but yeah on kind of on that front one of the things I'm, I don't know if you caught this um, and like, it was like in a little cut while they're on the road trip. That's one of the things that make to me makes the show so, so good. These like subtle, but not subtle touches. So while they're driving, it like kind of pans outside the car while they're on this road trip and they're driving by this barn and there's a painting on the barn of Homelander. Mm, yeah. But instead of his normal American flag cape, his cape is a Confederate flag. So, and like they're driving through the South. It's just like, that's exactly yeah. what would be there in this world. Yeah. So I I was going to say, like, we we should give you, like, 30 seconds to do, uh, like, and just call it Zerb's 30-second political corner because there was, an all, <laughs> there was another one that I, I clocked where Homelander had confronted Stormfront uh, for trying to, like, steal his thunder, and she was telling him all that shit about, like, it's yeah. not about getting 50 million fans, idiot. Right. It's about getting... Five million super angry people on Twitter, yeah. essentially. That's and, all and the you way need. she set that up was just such good writing. Like the, the line she gave him, I'm trying to remember exactly how she said it, but it was essentially saying, "Look, in 2020, you're not gonna, you're not gonna win everybody. Like, there's, right. it's not possible to be a person who has a hundred percent approval rating. It's just not happening. Yeah. So instead of trying to be liked by everyone, you need to." militarize the people that are willing to be militarized by you and that's what and how do you do done. that you right. do that with five million tech savvy super right. angry and young people yeah p- pissed off people that you are appealing to the the stuff that's pissing them off so yeah right. that was definitely really good but that's i've got one other like not rant but like thing that is what makes this show incredible 
Um, but I'm going to say this, this is end. political. You have 15 seconds left. It's not political. It's, it's, it's about what we, you know, what happens at the very end of the episode. So I'll save it. Oh yeah. Save that because the, the only other story I want to give like a little comic relief in here because there was one moment before we get to the ending, all the shit with mm-hmm. Homelander, there was one little moment where I literally laughed out loud and it was when Maeve and Homelander were being interviewed by Maria Menudos. Yeah. Yeah. And like some access yeah. Hollywood show. Oh, real hardball questions. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to play that clip. Let's talk hashtag heroes so white. The numbers are rather startling. 92% of heroes are Caucasian, African American, 6%, Latin and Asian, each 1%. Why doesn't Vought want diversity? Wow. These are some real hardballs, Maria Menounos. <laughs> But check your facts. Let's, uh... <laughs> and Homelander, in the most condescending way possible, just, like, looks at her so disgusted and just goes, like, wow, real hardball question here from Maria Menounos. <laughs> just perfect. It was, like, God, that's why he's, like, the best actor, because so the good. disgust that he so displayed good. in that moment of being like snuck up on by a Marie, Maria Menudo's diversity question was just the best. This is the best. Yeah. He, it, as again, like I said earlier, as usual, he's the best part of the episode just consistently and such a good actor, dude. Like yeah. the stuff that we're going to get into him with what he's doing the rest of the way is just, he's so good. He's so good. And, and in that moment, I was so mad at him because he outed Maeve and it was just like such a bullshit move to like out her on national TV to Maria Menudo's like get fucked Homelander. Right. It wasn't cool. Not um, cool at all. Anyways. Yeah. He's driving every fucking storyline in this show. I was thinking like when I was watching this, like if he goes away, there is no show. No. And no. And it, 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 what it shows, like we've thought we were talking about on the, or recap last time about how like he's so the fact that he is the like superman version of what we're watching just shows how much better it is when it's there's like some evil in there and everything like that because superman is boring as shit mm-hmm. yeah and evil evil superman is just so much more interesting than yeah. normal superman yeah but no i i agree i think uh evil superman is like if you added like a perverted element in a fucked up sociopathic like mind to Clark Kent and Superman, it does actually make him interesting. And I think my big takeaway on that, honestly, is like, how pissed do you think Carl Urban is? Because he came into this probably thinking like, this is my show. I'm the hero. I'm butcher. I'm the leader of like the guys taking down these evil soups. Like it's on me and I'm Carl Urban. And I know he's awesome and we love him, but I will say he has been upstaged by Homelander as the guy of this show. Yeah, he has, but I do think still it's it's been so much more of a win than he probably could have hoped for oh, when totally. he signed on. So I feel like he's probably pretty pumped about the way it's going in general. I mean, how I look at it is this guy, maybe Carl Urban should have been a Robin the whole time and he can totally be a successful Robin like... Uh, thinking of who are like some famous basketball guys like who never really worked as like a leading man. He's the Chris Bosh. 
Yeah, I guess. Like he he was the leading man on the Raptors for so long, never got but anywhere. They never won anything, yeah. You finally put him with LeBron James and it's like, oh now now all of a sudden he's winning championships. So I kind of think Carl Urban's that way is he was just miscast as like Pathfinder. He well he's also not been that. He's also such a good fit for like this R rated kind of like raunchy shit. Like he's he's really good with the potty yeah. humor kind of shit that he's doing as butcher like it just the whole all the like british slang he's thrown out there just mm-hmm. works so much better than i don't think he's as believable as like a clean shaven good guy he's no. much much more believable as like this like bearded like depressed uh fucked up dude right i think that's what he needed more than anything yeah yeah and it in it's just all about like fit dude it's fit it's about timing and it's like which roles you just land and get and some work and some don't and this this totally works for him this totally works yeah okay. this totally does um last storyline yeah the button on the end of this pod which is the through line of this whole season two episode four of the boys is homelander has been fucking around with a doppelganger like superhero who was transforming into like his quote unquote mommy issued lady Madeline who he already killed at the end yeah, of season. So that's, one. that's the, let's say he, he comes into this cabin uh, and in the cabin is Madeline. Yeah. So well, like the, the person who he murdered at the end of season one. And I think there's supposed to be this moment for the viewer of like, Oh shit, did he like pull a double switch or like did they clone her or like what the fuck's going on here? But I immediately was like, Oh, that's Doppelganger. Cause she he Doppelganger turned into her in season one for for a scene. I didn't so clock it. I was like I, I immediately was like, This is definitely this is definitely be a fucked up scene where he's having Doppelganger be her. I thought it was a dream. I thought he was just dreaming or it was going to be or it was going to be like in his his imagination. So they were going to like slowly pan out. And then instead of like drinking the milk by himself. Yeah. Or like when he was laying on her lap, like they were going to pan out and he was just actually just laying on the couch. Yeah. And then at the end, he's like unhappy with doppelganger playing Madeline for well, some reason it's because it's because uh stormfront had just called him out so hard for needing to be loved by everybody yeah and and that's kind of the like weird creepy angle um doppelganger is like giving him what as madeline is like like you're the best everybody loves you everybody wants to be you like like doing that whole thing and he's just like fuck you i don't need everybody to love me because he'd just gotten called out for every needing everybody to love him yeah. So he needed to, he was like trying to prove it to himself that that's not what he needed. So then like Doppelganger in his last ditch effort to not be killed by Homelander because Homelander's just done with Madeline now. He's like, "All right, well, this guy's fucked up. So why don't yeah, I just Cuz Homelander Homelander says, "I don't need you. I don't need anyone but myself." Yeah. And then Doppelganger turns into him in a in a black teddy <laughs> and tries oh. to seduce him as himself. Pretty yeah, fucked up. He tries to seduce Homelander as Homelander, and f- Homelander's so fucked up that, like, the whole time I was just assuming that he was gonna let himself give himself a BJ. Yeah, it was definitely go- headed that way, I, and and it was definitely like from the get go going one of two ways. 
either he was going to suck the shit out of his own dick. Yep. Or he was going to murder himself. Those were the only two options. Yeah. Ultimately, he murdered himself. He chose to murder himself. So Homelander 2 looked at him, said some fucked up line like, It's not even gay if it's with yourself, right? (laughs) (laughs) So fucked up. Yeah. And then as if, yeah, he, as if he needed like, another no. reason to watch this show, that line's in there. <laughs> yeah, and then Homelander's just like, "Fuck no, uh, I'm not sucking my own dick." Fuck you, <laughs> kills him, rips his head. So it's like, breaks his neck off. Yeah, and then and then it ends. The episode ends, and that's why when we started, dark, like this, I said, dark fucking ending. It's just like, holy shit. Yeah, dude. So, but that that brings me to what I was saying before about how like my other little not rant, but like think about what is so sweet about this show is just how unreal it is at looking at like what the evil side of human beings with superpowers would be. Like, I feel like in most comic books and everything, it's just like, Oh yeah, you're a super villain. So you want to like fucking rob banks or like take over the world or whatever. No layers. But it's Yeah. But, it, and but it's like in this show, the, 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 evilness of the superheroes or the people who is so human like freaking translucent in the first season is just a creep who just uses his invisibility not to rob banks but to just fucking hang out in bathrooms and creep on people and mm-hmm. doppelganger can shapeshift and turn into anyone else and he basically uses it to like date rape people mm-hmm. by tricking them into thinking he's someone else and uh freaking homelander has obviously tons of issues but essentially he's just a classic like insecure bully like everything he's doing is just what an insecure bully would do if they had like all of superman's powers yeah it's just it's just so much better than like you said the no layers version of superheroes supervillains you normally get yeah it is it's so good dude it's so fucking good so it's uh, i'm i'm anxious to see where we go from here next week it's we're now what at the midway point so I feel like it, these is it, next it's an eight episode season. I, I believe so. So I, I yeah. feel like these next four are really going to ratchet up. Like we've been setting the foundation for like an explosive ending and we got a few more nuggets this episode. Yeah. And uh, like with Stormfront and all that, we're like, oh, oh, there's a lot more baggage and a lot more to the story than we had thought. Yeah. And it definitely, like we said at the beginning, it was a really awesome episode that, did the like mid season work of setting up all these stories and, and, and the character work and everything, not a ton of action, but just super like interesting shit going on the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I think that it was laying, it was doing the groundwork in a really good way uh, for the action that's coming. Yep. Totally agree. I love the foundation we've built. Um, I also love that we're now weekly. So uh, we're officially live and caught up and so now we'll just be we'll just be getting this in real time every friday when it drops hell yeah all right dude good stuff let you and mr miles get to sleep sleep tight especially that little guy tell those kids kids. all those kids to sleep tight as well and let's do a little sign off sir clear eyes full hearts do less kids do it less
You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.